This episode comes out in the week that is Resonance FM's fundraising week. Resonance FM is an amazing radio station which puts out audio that has a non-mainstream media aesthetic. It's a really valuable thing and it needs your help if it's going to keep going. So it needs to raise a certain amount of money from its own fundraising for the Arts Council to then meet that fundraising. Getting Better Acquainted is currently going out on Resonance FM. Old episodes re-edited to an hour format are going out at 11 o'clock on Fridays and 2am as a repeat on Tuesdays. So if you like this show and you want to help me get it out to more people, then please consider funding Resonance FM. And by doing so, you'll also be supporting a station that shares interesting music and has arts and culture focused programming. Go over to www.resonancefm.com and over there there's a tab that you can click on to support Resonance, which would be great if you could support on and give them some money. There's also going to be an auction going on so you can bid on stuff if you want to get something for your support. And there's a number of live events taking place all across London which you can go to. They're really great events. Going to them will also support Residence FM, so consider doing all of that. Talking about live events, on Thursday this week, my live show, Stand Up Tragedy, is happening at the Dogstar in Brixton. The theme is Tragic Love because it's an anti-Valentine's Day. February the 13th, unlucky for some, but not for you if you come to Stand Up Tragedy. So that's in London. If you're not in London, sorry. We're not going to be London-centric in this episode. It's about travelling the world. I think that the traveller-tourist distinction that some people make is bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely bullshit. Like, yeah. come on. You're going to this place. Like, you are a tourist. What you're doing is you're touring around. You're bringing your foreign money to this place. That's what you're doing. And, and what's the point in making yourself better than other people, you know, based on the fact that you would rather just sit all day in a cafe rather than go see the Eiffel Tower, for example? Right. First of all, why can't you do both? Those yep. both sound awesome. Why are you making people feel bad for saying... And there's a reason that things are tourist destinations. Yeah. There's a reason for it. Usually they're pretty cool. Yeah. If I'm in a place that has a... That has a site. I'm going to see it. Like, of course I am. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better. Better acquainted with you. Today we're getting better acquainted with Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Dave. So the first question that I ask everybody is, how do you know me? I know you through a mutual friend of ours, Liz. She moved over here for a master's program that turned into a PhD program. And I think through housemates met you. That's right. Yeah. She talked about this. I listened to her getting better acquainted when she did that. And I went to stand-up tragedy. That's right, yeah. And then she said, by the way, Dave may want to interview you. And I said, oh, God. <laughs> so that's how. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's right. Yeah, Liz is one of the earlier ones in the show, actually, so people should check that out. I think she's episode four or something. Mm-hmm. I'll put a link in. I guess the, the reason that she thought that me and you should talk is because you're doing a, a, a kind of around-the-world sort of trip, I mm-hmm. guess, mm-hmm. and you're blogging about it as yeah. well. yeah which ties in quite nicely with the second question, which is, what do you do now? Yes, well now I flit around the world and uh, meet new people and appreciate new sites and things and um, spend all the money that I spent years saving. I haven't got a job, uh, which is true for the first time since I was 15. I'm now 30. Right. So... So yeah, half, it's very serious. I'm getting half, yeah, right. pulled in for it. I should say, we're in Hyde Park. 
uh, in London <laughs> on w w probably like the, one of the sunniest days of the year. Yeah, yeah. Which is great. But, uh, people, I'm busy. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. But I am just about finishing up at least this part. Uh, I've got a friend's wedding to go back to back at home. And then I have to sort of see what happens there. Look at the money situation. Look at how I feel about onward travel versus steady employment. Look at how I feel about moving locations maybe and all of that. I haven't really put any thought into it. And when people ask me, I tend to freeze up. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> Which I, I, will, I will try to thaw in this conversation, but let's say you won't get very many coherent answers. Well, that's, I mean, I kind of, I quite like getting people at kind of transitional uh, moments yeah. in their life. If I, like, it's a, it's a, it always makes for a kind of, like a, a, an interesting tension to the kind of, the, the, mm. the, the conversation. It's like, uh, yeah, like you, you really don't know what's going to happen next and that. But you do know what's happened in the last year or so mm -hmm. where you've been travelling, mm -hmm. so there'll be some reflection too, I guess. Mm -hmm. So you, you spent like, like I guess so you, you've been working for half of your life then if you started when you were mm -hmm. 15. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, mean, after school jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I think I started working when I was about 15 too. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, beer money when, when you're that age, or probably not beer not money in, in the not, States. No, no, not <laughs> I mean, States. it shouldn't have been this, it shouldn't have been beer money here either. Maybe it was for some of my fellow co-workers, but I was a good girl, so no, not me. <laughs> that's, that's good. I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, what, what, what made you decide to, to travel around the world? Like, what was the, the thing? I, I find that difficult to answer because I, I have a hard time remembering a time when I didn't want to, Okay. actually. Um, back when I was... 15, 16, I, I already love travel. Um, uh, we do a lot of it in my family, especially for Americans. We do kind of a lot. Yeah, that's a cliche. But a lot of it is true. You know, it's, it's something like only 20% of Americans have passports even, you know, so, which isn't to say you can't travel in your own country and it's freaking huge. So there's a lot of places you can go. My mom, as you know, is from England. And my dad is from America. So when we could afford it, we would take the five of us in my family over to England to see the British family over here and then always fit in some sort of side trip to the Cotswolds or Scotland or something. So from a very young age, in fact, I think I was 12 months when I first crossed the Atlantic. Wow. <laughs> from a very young age, I've been traveling long distances. And then also we would always try to fit in another family vacation in the States to go so, so I've been with my family to various national parks and things around the states as well. So I've always loved it, like loved the, the movement and the getting somewhere new and the exploring somewhere new. I really love the anticipation and preparation. Uh, I'm a type A planner, so that's not very surprising. <laughs> and I love the, you know, thinking about it later and looking back on it, telling stories and talking about it with people. So. I already had that, like, just completely inborn love of travel. So actually when I was 15, I decided I wanted to do some sort of mini grand tour type thing in Europe, which, again, for Americans, unusual. It costs a lot for us to get over here in the first place, sure, unlike yeah. you guys. So I did. I, when I graduated from high school, I was 18 years old, and I'd never done any travel on my own before. It was all my own money. Every single cent I spent was something that I'd earned. And came over here and uh, traveled around some Western European cities for six weeks. And that was the start of longer term travel and how I enjoyed that. And so then from there I was like, well, I'll just have to go to more places. And I really wanted it to be unstructured. Like I, I see the value in doing volunteer programs or expatriating or you know even for just a year or two living somewhere else but I, I really wanted to experience completely unfettered a completely unfettered approach and being able to move at any time so that's what I sort of had my eye on for you know then I finished college university to you guys uh, and <laughs> couldn't save up money for the first few years because I worked in publishing and they don't pay anything. But then <laughs> eventually started saving a little. And I would say in the last two and a half years, I really got serious and set aside. Um, for the last year, I set aside a third of my paycheck. Wow. 
um, and that really helped it go up yeah. uh, <laughs> a lot. I sort of had a, you know, did some online research and um, picked a number and uh, went for that, and I hit that. And also, I, I had two numbers, actually. I had age and money. And uh, once I hit the money, I was like, all right, now it's time to go because I'm almost the age. <laughs> I'm almost 30. <laughs> yeah. So that was it. Like, so, and I mean, I guess you wanted it. Well, you wanted to do it when you were when you were thirty or before you were thirty. I wanted to start before I was thirty. Right. Yeah. Um. Obviously, your life doesn't end when you turn thirty. I'm still I here. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I'm but, thirty-one. Yeah. Me but 32, you can be really. It, it is so much more possible when you're thirty or over thirty than when you're twenty-five, twenty-six, to be settled in right. some kind of way. It's harder to extricate yourself from the life that you're living, I think. And so I just sort of thought, oh, it's an arbitrary cutoff, but it's good enough. I'll just go before I'm 30. And so I did. So I, I think it was eight months into the trip. I celebrated my 30th birthday in Vietnam. Wow, in Vietnam. Yeah. That's, that's amazing in, in lots of ways. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, Vietnam must have been an interesting place to go to as, a, as an American. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got history. Or yes. they've got history yes. with you. <laughs> yes. Not necessarily you have any history with them. It's yeah. complex. Um, I've actually been very interested in the, well, what we call the Vietnam War. They call the American War. Um, yeah, that's, actually, that what they sense, call the American War of Aggression. Right. Which was super interesting to see on all of the, on all the posters, uh, posters wow. and, and museum exhibits and things. I mean, the museums were just fantastic just the choice of language I've really loved that about museums in general when I've gone to places around the world and just seen how you know what word choice I'm I'm a writer I'm an editor like it really jumps out at me as well you know but um yeah and so the the Vietnam uh or American War of Aggression (laughs) that's very interesting we call it the Vietnam War here yeah uh, which says a lot about our special relationship I guess special relationship (laughs) guys are best friends yeah. So it was it was interesting to see that, and I did go to some of the sites, um, like to the Coochie Tunnels, which were the tunnels that they dug under the American base. Love it. Um, the Viet Cong had to you know to get around, and they actually widened a section of it and to fit Westerners, and it was still and and made it taller. And it was still when I got there too short, and I had to get down on hands and knees and crawl. And these were things that people were like running around in from place to place and okay. just. That was that was a bizarre experience because at that site it was it was massively full of, of tourists and um, tour buses and that's what I was on and it was all a little much but also we just heard gunshots the whole time and they were actual gunshots right. because on site they have a shooting range and you can pay per piece of ammunition and shoot like an M16 or an AK47. Or various so like historical guns that were used in the war, but also just other ones that make people go ooh. Ugh. Mostly make boys go ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Not, not this one. So, well, no, but for the people who are using it. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and it was. Um, oh, no, I probably would enjoy shooting a gun. I guess it must have an yeah. exhilarating. Element. I'm sure it would be exhilarating. I don't know how I'd feel about doing it there no. in that place. Yeah, that's a bit of a weird. It was um, combination. It was uh, definitely a um, yeah, not something I think I would have chosen to do. I just I met several people who said, "Well, when's the when else are you going to be able to shoot an AK-47?" Like, of course, and I was like, "Well, it's not that hard in the states, actually. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> that's actually that's that's become my new litmus test for whether someone is is a worthwhile human being who I might talk to." Um, is what they chose to do when they were in Vietnam and Cambodia. And uh, because in Cambodia, Khmer Rouge, uh, killing fields, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so one of the things that you can do, you can do, of course, like you take a tuk-tuk out to the, to the killing fields. You can go to the school that they turned into a torture building, prison thing. And it's all, of course, horrifying and super recent and not very, like, even cleaned up like just sort of left for you to see it as they found it which was which was different from what I've seen in in other places as well I mean you know the choices that a country makes 
after something horrible and how they choose to commemorate it and you know then going to Germany and seeing what they do but the thing in Cambodia is so there's the there's the shooting in in South Vietnam you can go and do the shooting range but like all right maybe it's more authentic to have things shooting while you're running around the tunnels we can sort of go with that it's not like you're shooting at anything it's not like you know but Cambodia you can go to the killing fields where I actually stepped on a human bone because it was just in the path and no one had removed it. Right. It's that immediate and horrifying. Yeah. You can then, as part of the package tour, then go to a shooting range and shoot an AK-47. Yeah, that's a sort of strange kind of combination. Yeah, so I've just things. decided if I meet someone who decided to do that, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to turn around and walk away. I'm not going to talk to them anymore. I did meet someone who did that. I hadn't heard of it before, and I was like, oh, okay. Bye. Just <laughs> <laughs> so like I, that's so far beyond my comprehension of what it means to be a person in the world that I, I, just, I can't do that. No, fair enough. <laughs> So you, you turned 30 in Vietnam. Hmm. What did you do to celebrate? Actually, I, so I had spent, so that was in April. In February, I spent a week in northern Thailand volunteering at an elephant rescue camp. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that was pretty cool. So it turned out that where I was, which was um, Hoi An, which is almost exactly in the middle of the country on the coast, or almost on the coast, while I was there, two of the people who I'd been volunteering with were there at the same time, and they were actually both staying in my guest house, which just shows you how small the tourist trail is yeah. in Southeast Asia. I think some people would find it an amazing coincidence, and I just find it proof that it's a, you know, it's a small socioeconomic world. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, so we just uh, met up and um, went out to a slightly nicer dinner then you know street food we went we sat down at a table you know um and it was it was nice it was um I was hurting this is another long story I'm not letting you ask any questions I'm just no 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 it's fine um I was hurting because the week before I'd been hit by a car wow um, <laughs> I guess things happen to you when you go around the world <laughs> yeah yeah and so I, it was sort of a, sedu- a subdued celebration right. because I was, um, I had burns and um, oh puncture wound. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, that was not from you know crossing the crossing the street in Vietnam is infamously difficult because the rules of traffic are practically non-existent. They are there, right? But they're mutable. Let's <laughs> say. Right, right, right. Um. But I had already crossed. I was stepping up onto the sidewalk in this taxi, full-size taxi. Um, just came around the corner and just, I don't know, he really, he was going to hit that corner while I was on it or not. And that's a sort of like, I, get, I mean, the thing is, if you get hit by a car in your place where you, where you, where you are a citizen yeah. to begin with, mm-hmm. you kind of know the process of mm-hmm. what to do mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Yeah, so I, I don't really know the procedure. But I know basically, yes, what you do, at least when you're in, you know, Western countries. What happened there was after he hit me and I fell backwards and knocked over the vat of boiling water um, from the food cart that was behind me. And that's what burned me all down my leg. And then something stabbed me. Um, And then it was pulled out of the boiling water by tiny women who then flipped my skirt up over my head and poured water um, on me. And something some kind of snake oil okay <laughs> in order to like prevent burn just on the street corner so after all that had happened and the taxi driver parked he just sort of strolled over along with the gathering crowd to see what was happening i was like um do you want to say something like they did, sorry <laughs> so I, I pointed at him and i, I said I, I want him to apologize at least at the very least wow. so he did he came over and he said i'm very sorry which of course Right, didn't believe for a second. But and then when I suggested maybe we call the cops, someone said, "Oh, if you want to, it's this number." And I said, "Well, I haven't got a phone." And they just shrugged their shoulders. Said, oh. So that doesn't. There's no expectation that you're gonna you get your grievances. Yeah, there's. That's just not. Every everyone said, "Oh, very bad luck. Very bad luck." That was the response. Very bad luck. Which, when I told people from Australia, Britain, and America 
they were all outraged and they were all you know wondering what had happened to this man who had done this to me and what were the actions taken against him and all this other stuff which was of course my reaction as well yeah. and I had to say that that wasn't even that, I guess it's a, it is a cultural I think it was attitude towards that thing I mean I mm-hmm. guess I can kind of under like part of me is outraged for <laughs> sure um, but part of me sort of thinks well I guess you know accidents happen They're like yeah. like that is kind of being, I'm very, I'm someone who's very clumsy. This is something yeah. I share with our, our mutual friend Liz. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I'm always terribly horrified. I'm always worried I'm going to, you know, be cause some the, kind of yeah. accident. Yeah. But I mean, I guess, you know, things do happen, and, and you can kind of get enraged with the individuals, or you can kind of. It seems kind of a, in a way, there's something that appeals to me about that kind of culture. Just accepting that shit happens. Life happens, let's move on kind of thing. I kind of like that in some ways. Yeah. Uh, But again, I I mean, I would be outraged and, uh, I mean, I, you know, I haven't really come around that way of thinking about it. Sure. (laughs) It's not like, yeah, exactly. I mean, the whole experience less abstract for me. Exactly. Has a number of different elements to it as well. I I don't like the idea of having, uh, well, I don't wear dresses, but having Mm. my dress thrown over my head and having, Uh, old ladies pour things over my body would be horrific to me it was, uh, it was yeah <laughs> it, it did um it did help I think especially yeah, sure, because then, bet, yeah. then they took me to the hospital which is a whole other experience I said I think I should go to the hospital and the woman <laughs> turned to the taxi driver who had just hit me and said he will take you I, I just laughed I was like I'm not getting in a car with the man who just hit me with his car Okay, but I guess karmically that would have almost yeah, been Yeah, like, exactly. He wanted to redress the problem, <clears throat> but I just was, that felt unsafe, yeah, yeah, yeah. like foolishly unsafe. Well, he's already crashed the car yeah, once. Yeah, maybe <laughs> he's had me. his quota for the day. Right. I don't know. So I went in his friend's taxi and he followed behind because she said, oh, he will pay, he will pay, it will be fine. But there was nothing to pay because we showed up at this hospital and I never saw a doctor, like not a doctor didn't come to see me, but I literally didn't see one in the whole place. Right. And I'm not sure I saw nurses. I saw a couple women in jeans and t-shirts, and one of them, like, begrudgingly, like, reluctantly came over and agreed to see me. And they took me into a room that had a metal examining table, which we usually see sterilized with the, the you know, piece of paper of it or whatever. Right, right. No. And um, a, a shelf full of things, some of which were clearly in repurposed bottles. Right. Like, okay, I think. One of them looked like a bleach bottle. <laughs> um, and then in the corner was actually a chair that was rusted, like a rusted chair. And this was where I was told to go down, go lie down, um, flip my skirt up again. <laughs> and um, they put Vaseline right. on my burns. Okay. And um, didn't look at the puncture wound, even though it was like bleeding profusely on my leg. I had to point to it and say, like, can we, okay. can we do something? And, um, the, you know, the nurse again looked annoyed and took out what looked like Windex, you know, the blue window cleaner, right? Yeah. and poured that on it. And then uh, a Band-Aid and told me to leave. Wow. So that was my experience with local care. Okay. Which was horrifying to me because I had to experience it. But that's But also, Jesus Christ, yeah. this is, if you get hurt, this is what you deal with this is what you expect lord (laughs) so yeah um actually the next day my hostel said oh there is a different hospital where we usually send foreigners um and they did send me there and it was more more what i expect yeah care and like they even they were like well maybe we should give you a tetanus shot and just (laughs) these things that you know that that even if they don't actually help make you feel more secure because you expect them and want them. Yeah, they kind of prepare you kind of for psychosomatic kind of uh, dealing yeah. with your problems if, yeah. you're pos- if you feel positive about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, we sort of jumped in to when you were 30, yeah. which, uh, which is cool. I mean, I, I turned 30, what, uh, a couple of years ago now, I guess. No, a year and a bit ago. <laughs> uh, I'm 31, nearly 32, I guess. In October, I'm 32. And like, I really found it to be a release. Mm. Uh, it was a relief to not be young anymore. <laughs> and like, you know, 20, my 20s I found quite hard. Whereas I, I sort of, initially when I turned 30, I was like, oh, I've got some perspective on my life. I mean, it didn't last long, but it was n- <laughs> nice, nice on the actual 30th birthday. <laughs> yeah. But 
you weren't thirty when you first sort of started going around the world. I mean, where have you been? Like, what, where's the, what's the? Let's have a like a, let's get an idea of the the arc of what you sure. did. Yeah. Um. So I left at the beginning of September of 2012, and uh, one of my sisters came with me, and we flew to. Uh, my sister came with me, and we flew to um, Hawaii, and so she had her vacation, and I basically had a vacation because I had just quit my job, left my apartment, moved all my stuff into my parents' basement said goodbye to everyone I knew. So I kind of needed a break before I jumped into anything serious. So yeah, so we were there for two weeks. Beautiful, amazing, never been. Then I went to Australia for 10 weeks, New Zealand for eight, and then up to Thailand for six weeks, and Singapore for Chinese New Year, which is cool. And then Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam. I went up to Japan for three weeks, which I loved. And then I flew Tokyo to London. I went to my grandmother's birthday party, and uh, she turned 80 this year. Uh, saw some family for a couple weeks, and then I flew to Croatia, and went up to uh, Slovenia, Berlin, in Germany, obviously, and then um, Poland, Hungary, and now here. And in three days, I fly back. The trip. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing amount of the world. Yeah. I mean, it must feel good to have like, achieved like such a thing. Like this, it seems to me ama- mm-hmm. an amazing feat to have, have, have achieved. I guess. It does, and also sort of not. Like it does, but also, oh God, there's so much more. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah. You've only I, scratched the surface. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. And I don't know anyone who's traveled for any length of time who doesn't feel like that like there's there's always more to see yeah. you know and so I you know I had wanted to go to China but just with timing and stuff it's a big place too uh, yeah, it's huge exactly so I wanted to be sure to do it right and haven't been to Africa at all or South America at right. all you know so there's there's a lot to see um, yes, but yeah South America is tough. like the one that's one of the ones that's closest to you as well no yeah I mean in a way although world yeah, apart ish. Well. yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, um, there's, it does feel good. It does, it, it is nice. It's nice to like look back on some of the pictures, you know, and think, oh gosh, I did that. Or looking through my journal to remember details, to write up blog posts and thinking, oh yeah, that happened. That was really cool. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, you sort of like, you've done a lot of like Asia, it seems. Yeah. Like, I mean, you've missed out like China, but you've done, (laughs) you know, you've done, uh, I mean, I've, I've been to Japan. That's mm-hmm. one of the few places that you're talking about that I've been. I went when I was um, 15, I think, on a school exchange trip, oh, which cool. is quite a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, not, not, not many people in the UK go on school exchange trips to no. Japan. I studied Japanese as well, oh. which, which sounds like I learned something. I didn't, I didn't learn no. anything. But, uh, I mean, and I found Japan amazing when mm. I went. Although, uh, I wish I hadn't been 15, you know, I wish I'd been like, mm. I wish I'd been the age that you were, yeah. I wish that I had not been sort of so taken up in sort of petty uh, school soap opera drama oh, yeah, things yeah, with yeah. all of the rest of my life, <laughs> you know, people I went over with, I wish I was experiencing the culture more, you know, but I, I did, you know, did experience things that were amazing, uh, and it's, it's kind of an alien, like, it always sounds... I don't want to sound racist, but like it is an alien culture I found. And it was so unfamiliar to what I was used to. But then I was talking to somebody on on this show who'd been to Japan, and they were saying that they they saw a lot of similarities actually between like the UK and and J- Japan in terms of actually, the way, yeah, yeah in terms actually, of like politeness culture. Things and all I these thought things. of when I got there was even just the way it's set up. You're both island cultures, right? And that's yeah, a that's huge right. thing in terms of how you interact with each other and how you deal with the space that you have and don't have and just driving around on these tiny roads tiny curving terrifying roads everything about driving here is scary um and and there as well and then and every bit of space was used you know i mean every even just out in i was in the countryside for a little bit and every little available space was like a garden or a shrine or something yeah um if it wasn't being used for a business or a home or so and I find that true here too. You know, everything in England is is being used. Yeah. Because there's only so much. So that actually, that actually about it, like that did strike me. 
Yeah, I mean, it's all the sort of superficial things, which are, I think when I went there for the first time that I sort of n- noted, you know, like the kind of, the the kind of, uh, I mean, they're not superficial at all when I say them now. No, but, yeah. but like, uh, like the, the ancient cultures and the like super futuristic sort of yeah, science fiction yeah. elements to it. Uh, and these like kind of two kind of things combined and like, you know, everything about it was to a 15 year old like the you know houses where you move the walls around and like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, showers where you sit down and like everything like seems so strange but like uh, yeah I mean I think if I went now I think I'd probably and I think a lot of UK people do end up going to Japan there's quite a lot of like uh, cross cross uh, pollinization or something like that between the two cultures uh, and that's a that's interesting that I didn't sort of notice how the similarities. I guess when you, you don't notice the similarities, though. I guess initially when you've been going, it's when you've been going to each place, have you noticed the differences first? I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's I don't know. Isn't that just like the balance that you find when you're traveling in general? You're always going to notice what's same and what's different. Yeah. And I think you're only noticing. I think, I, I think probably noticing both at the same time that this is similar this is different this is something I'd never thought of before you yeah. know so there's a third one as well and I think you're only noticing the differences if you're in a funk you're only noticing things and it's usually a negative evaluation if you're feeling down or say you're experiencing the Vietnamese healthcare system and you're yeah. just thinking Jesus all I want is you know yeah. a doctor that I can understand and they can understand me and we can discuss whether I need stitches right that's all I want yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but for the but you know so if you're not in sort of an extreme situation I think you see what's the same what's different and, and what's just totally new which I don't even I, which I, I'm differentiating from being different because different is something to compare but if it's totally new you can't feel like there's not a comparison yeah yeah. Yeah. I can't think of any examples for you now yeah I know that was obviously you nicely headed off my potential (laughs) follow-up question it's good it's a good follow-up question but I I realized as soon as I said it I thought oh I don't know well that's the thing (laughs) those sort of things I guess come upon us when we're when we're not expecting them in our in our memories as well as Mm. in our lives so I mean what which which country stood out like or not don't choose one but like what's mm. which 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 ones sort of like resonated with you personally almost? thank you for putting it that way instead of what was your favorite is <laughs> <laughs> an impossible question to yeah. answer I, I don't know how no I mean there were so different things in different places New Zealand's natural beauty is just astonishing it's amazing what that small island at the end of the world two islands can yeah. can fit <laughs> in terms of yeah. just you know the different kinds of um just yeah natural wonders um so that was sort of astonishing and I really liked that and I really loved the attention to 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 beautiful detail in Japan and the fact that everything was designed to be aesthetically pleasing and um, and and that you know, even when you're, I mean, not I don't know, it's hard to make an office building attractive, but you know, but pretty much everything was, there was some thought put to, like gazing upon this thing, yeah. whether for the first time or every day, and I I really liked that, and I did I I wish that I hadn't been hit by a car um I wish that that hadn't (laughs) happened um for several reasons but one of them being that I was very excited to go to Vietnam really wanted to see so much and and couldn't see as much because I was recovering but what I could see was beautiful um the the countryside and uh I liked some of the cities more than I expected to that was cool Saigon was actually kind of fun Ho Chi Minh City now and um and I liked the food there more than I'd expected to. I mean, I'd had pho sometimes, you know, before, but I, I didn't really know, I hadn't really experienced the wide range of foods there, so that was pretty sweet. <laughs> um, and uh, Croatia was a huge surprise for me. I had no idea. I think, I think most Americans, honestly, would sort of be like, Croatia, is that part of Yugoslavia? Are they still recovering from a war? Like that, 
was sort of the mindset and didn't realize that the rest of Europe knows that it's um, an amazing holiday destination <laughs> on the coast. It was just stunningly gorgeous. Yeah. Um, so that was that was cool. And I mean, what, yeah. What, so what did you think Different of Australia? Because that seems like one of the ones you missed out. Was that something that you found like? Uh, I mean, some people I've spoken to about Australia have been like, like more like less impressed than I expected. Mm, I've, mm. I've noted over various conversations, although the Australians who I've spoken to like 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 it well, like enough. their country yeah. very well. Yeah. Um, no, I I did like Australia. I was also sick in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I just I've just had catastrophe after catastrophe on this trip. So. Um, so there's like a, a period of Australia where it's, it's, you know, it's not pleasant memories, I'm right. just ill. But, um, but no, they, you know, yeah, I mean, that's another country full of natural wonders. They're just, you know, it takes longer to get to yeah, them. Yeah, they're very, spaced, very out, spaced out. Uh, between each one. Yeah. And like, I think that's the thing that there, it, like, one of the things that I get from people who've been to Australia is that it's amazing, but then it's the same as that like initial amazement whereas uh, other places are uh, little, like like if you compare Australia to New Zealand mm. it's like everybody always if, if they've been to both places they'll rave about New Zealand more than Australia yeah, yeah. probably like really annoying Australian people now I'm sure oh well no <laughs> Australians are confident enough they don't really care what anyone else thinks from what I've seen I did go to Uluru um, in Australia which I've met like two Australians who have bothered to do that most of them don't go out there because it's expensive right the rock and the yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. And um, I have to say to older people, Ayers rock, but yeah, back we, in the day, we yeah. don't have to do that. Um, and um, and I've and I met a lot of people who were just going up and down the East Coast and didn't go in either. And it was expensive, yeah, to get in and out and to stay there. But I, to me, that's iconic Australia, you know, this giant rock rising yeah. up out of the flat, flat desert. And it's it, certainly, uh, like, yeah, it's like the... Eiffel, Eiffel Tower or something yeah, yeah. in Australia and it was it, it was great it was absolutely up to expectations which is nice you know it's um, that's another thing about about traveling and anticipating and planning it for so long is you get very excited for things and then there's always the risk it's not going to be right. quite what you thought yeah 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 so. I mean, I guess that's a natural wonder. I mean, when I said it was like the Eiffel Tower, I just mean in terms of iconicness. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, it, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a nat- and it sounds like you've been to, to lots of like, like natural like wonders. Yeah, and then I have also spent lots of time in cities. I'm not a huge hiker or anything, so I didn't like climb any mountains or do anything like that. I mostly did like day excursions or half day things, you know. But I walked around to my abilities. In various places but yeah there were natural wonders that i really wanted to see and that you know that changes from country to country as well in thailand i did more bumming around in a beach you know yeah. than i did sort of seeking out other going, places yeah going through the jungles yeah mm. um i can understand that decision really like, yeah yeah which was yeah that that was okay i think i didn't find the right beaches i didn't find anything that made me go oh my god which is so that i think that would be the first thing that I did that didn't match up actually uh, okay. mm-hmm. so what other things didn't match up well this is sort of half and half Angkor in Cambodia Angkor Wat and, and all the other temples around there was stunning they were absolutely beautiful buildings and ruins and things I wasn't quite prepared for how many people would be there Right. Which is always a funny thing to say because you're there too, so you're part of the problem. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I guess that's that is a thing traveling all around yeah. the world. I mean, we're in London today on a sunny day in London, and we're in Hyde Park, and so yeah. you know, the, the, there are parts of London you can hardly move, like yeah. around here. Uh, we're, we're lucky to have found a relatively quiet uh, spot, but I think that's only because there's some kind of big free event. Yeah, yeah, on. yeah. I mean, and I guess you've been having that like where, wherever you go in the world, you're going to the big places, so you're gonna have the big crowds mm-hmm. I mean can you, can you I can't really handle crowds very well I'm a bit crowd phobic um yeah I can do them for short periods of time or if I'm just like determined to see something I don't really you know I'll, I'll power through <laughs> yeah yeah uh if I, if I find it necessary I, crowds can be yeah I can only handle them for so long so I, I feel like there's usually a way to sort of 
hide yourself away for a little bit and like get some personal time and regroup and then come back to it um I would say yeah I can't really think of a place that I went where that wasn't possible so there's always a chance to sort of gather yourself and do some deep breathing and then (laughs) you know dive back in uh to the to the crowds so um so that turned out to be that turned out to be fine but yeah it's still it's still uh, annoying to be jostled yeah. about by them you know and things but I, I don't um, I mean the conversations you have when you're when you're traveling I, I've had so many so many interesting ones and some very boring ones because they're with people who haven't really thought through what they're saying um, <laughs> about the nature of travel and uh, where you're going and what you're seeing and um, sort of what your guiding principles are or whatever I think that the traveler tourist distinction that some people make is bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely bullshit. Like, yeah. come on. You're going to this place. Like, you are a tourist. What you're doing is you're touring around. You're bringing your foreign money to this place to, you know, you're, you're seeing this specific thing. Like, that, that's what you're doing. And, and what's the point in making yourself better than other people, you know, based on the fact that you would rather just sit all day in a cafe rather than go see the Eiffel Tower for example right first of all why can't you do both those yep. both sound awesome yeah, <laughs> if, if you've got the time, <laughs> you got the time. Yeah. and if you haven't got the time you know then then why are you making people feel bad for saying there's a reason that things are tourist destinations yeah. there's a reason for it usually they're pretty cool yeah and i want to see them i'm gonna go see them if i'm in a place that has a that has a site yeah, i'm gonna yeah. see it like of course i am i think it's a hugely unexamined privileged thing to say oh i don't do that or oh and i've, I've talked to several people who have this view like oh I don't bother with the tourist sites when I go to places or I don't go to the attractions or I can't really handle you know fill in the blank yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's you can say that because you haven't saved maybe all of your life to get to this one point you know to go to this place and or or taken the very few vacation days that you have especially in America big thing you know like taking the time off of work that you might not get again for another seven years so that you can go to this one place and and do this thing and and uh so good for you that you have the luxury but don't fool yourself it's a luxury and trying to say that you're a traveler instead of a tourist usually pretty much every time I've heard someone say that they say other things that reveal to me just how um fortunate their position is Right, and okay. th- and that they don't uh, seem to know it. I I obviously my position is very fortunate, but I do try to remind myself of it. Yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> and that's a that's all you can do with privilege is to yeah. uh, be aware of it. Of course, uh, mm-hmm. as as I hope I try to do as well. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I haven't travelled as much as as all that, but I mean, I, I definitely have never never tried not to be a tourist necessarily. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I I absolutely agree with you. I see the value of seeing the the big the big moment mm-hmm. I mean I guess there is also an argument that there are amazing things that mm-hmm. you you don't see if you go to the tourist mm-hmm. spots but you're not saying there aren't so right yeah I mean they're and, all there and that's it so what you can see see but just you know and if you choose not to then that's cool yeah but just don't make it a value judgment on other people you know if you choose to just go and get lost in the left bank for a week in Paris rather than go see the Eiffel and the Louvre and all yeah, that yeah. cool but just don't tell me that it makes you a better traveler than me yeah, or yeah, the yeah. many other people who go. No, you know? fair enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I mean, my problem is that it, with tourist sort of places, it's, it's, it's never the places. That it's it's the and it's not the people in a judgmental way. It's just the amount of people, just, that, yeah. you know, and yeah. the and the kind of inevitable sort of commercialization that builds yeah. up around those mm-hmm. those monuments. But I but I mean I I also find that fascinating. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It really like I mean I guess this is something that you that, that, you, that you may or may not agree with. But I mean like with traveling and I like I say I've, I've got more of a limited experience of it but it, it it's what you've got what you bring with you is mm-hmm. kind of what you get out of it so mm-hmm. when I'm 
when you know when when you're not in a good mood, then everybody looks horrific and mm-hmm. like ah, there's too many people. But mm-hmm. if you're in a good mood, you're like really interested in mm-hmm. in in the experience like that. And like the only other place I've got, I've been. I mean, I've, as an adult, I've been to Amsterdam a few times, um, <laughs> and that's been fun. Um, and I went to Prague last Christmas with my mum. But the sort of big sort of uh, other countries I've mm-hmm. been to. I mean, my family never really went away that much. Mm-hmm. It sort of um, it only became a, a thing that people had the free, the really cheap uh, yeah. air tour in in, yeah. in in in, the, in Europe. That only sort of came in last fifteen. Yeah, so I was sort of like years. already mm-hmm. sort of on my way to leaving home and mm-hmm. and that stuff. But I went on a couple of school exchange trips, and the other place I went to was was France, was was Paris. Mm. I mean, and so I went up the Eiffel Tower, but I went up the Eiffel Tower when I was tw- 12 or something, yeah. you know, with like 12 year old troubled British kids. <laughs> so like, um, I mean, this kid called, I think his nickname was Tricky at school. He used to, he used to set fire to his arms with, um, you know, like Lynx deodorant. He used to spray it on his arms and set fire to it and like uh, burn all of these, uh, like it doesn't burn your arm, it just like the, the, the it evaporates yeah. and so he used to do that but he, I guess he looking back on it I guess he was a bit troubled but he he, he dropped I remember him dropping pennies off the top of oh, the no. that like that properly like upset me like yeah. you know every all of the kids were spitting but that's not really a bad, bad thing in the, that's I know, not going to cut someone's yeah, head that's just going <laughs> to that's just going <laughs> to disperse and become water yeah. vapour actually mm-hmm. it's not even going to hit anybody mm-hmm. but like yeah I mean and I I, I don't know if this is a real memory or not, but I'm sure that I, I, when we went to the bottom, I was like looking really seriously at the floor. And I'm sure I saw like embedded coins. Really? But like, that may just be like a 12 year old's sure. imagination sure. coming to me through time. But it always like upset me that the idea of, of, mm. of, of going to a sort of. It is an amazing landmark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand why it's also a cliched thing, mm-hmm. and I can understand why people might get annoyed by it, but. But, but then but dropping something to then, off the yeah, top. Yeah. yeah, well, and kids. But yeah, I mean, and that is the other thing. Like, so you said, you know, going to a tourist sites and not, you know, and the people being a problem, but not in a judgmental way, just the masses of them. Well, sometimes in a judgmental yeah, way. Yeah, right, um, You know, sometimes right, right. they, and, 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 you know, in my more generous moments and in more nuanced conversations that I have with people who try to make this traveler tourist distinction, um, I think sometimes what they mean is they don't want to be the kind of tourist who shows up really ignorant, doesn't know how to say anything in the right. language, super loud, just, you know, um, only orders food the that cultural, they know from, yeah, yeah. doesn't pay, yeah, to, cultural taboos all over the right, place, you right. know, and that absolutely I agree with. Yes, that's terrible. Who wants to be that person, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so that's, I mean, that's worth saying too. Like, I, I, I think that that's, that's an important thing to not. I mean, and I guess there's also kind of exploitative, kind of cultures that have cultural elements that grow up around tourism as well. Like mm. one of the things I remember about going to going to Paris again was like being outside Notre Dame and having like people trying to sell us like pornographic playing cards. Which, when I was a, as a 12 year old boy, this was an amazing <laughs> thing. But but uh, but but that's kind of like also slightly like repellent that at this kind of. Significant, significant cultural yeah, thing. There's yeah. like people selling cheap bits of plastic, yeah. and like it's a, it's a weird sort of moment to sort of be in. That's, I mean, there is a lot of that. I think one of the hardest, and and some of the some of the difficulty comes of that, of course, comes from the 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 money difference, just what you have compared to what the people you're right. seeing have. And I mean, the certainly on this trip, the most dramatic example of that for me has been in Southeast Asia. Right. Yeah. Right. And I haven't really seen too much of that before because I've traveled mostly in Western Europe and there have been, you know, of course there are people with a lot less money than, than me, but it's not sort of just, it's not the whole country yeah. um, as it is in, you know, yeah, in yeah, Southeast yeah, Asia. Like it really, it really is like I, I, when I was working, made more money than just about everyone yeah. in Thailand or or Cambodia or you know and I and even now I probably have more money than than so many people and I'm considering myself getting sort of broke you know different uh, different things and so that you know navigating the um, navigating that and you know having the 
deciding what to do about it and, and you know, well, how much guilt are you going to feel and how much are you going to sort of set aside because there's only so much you can do. Um, how much are you going to decide, well, I'm, I'm here, I am putting money into the economy, I can see that these people are getting it, you know, so that's, yeah. that's doing some good, but... Um, yeah, maybe that's, mm-hmm. I mean, in a way, that's an argument for buying the cheap tat, in a way. Sure, but I mean, but, but even that, you know, then it's like, well, really... but, and especially when it's kids, oh God, when it's kids. When it's kids buying it, you know, they're, they're not selling it because they want to be selling stuff. They're yeah. selling it because they're being made to, either yeah. by parents or someone else, you know, who's, who's got a hold on them. And um, so I, I spent, I went to sort of a, a less visited temple in, you know, because I go to the cool on <laughs> I went to a, a less visited temple um, around lunchtime uh, in Angkor. Uh, one of the days that I was there and what you do is you you hire uh, well you can cycle yourself in which in that heat sounds like a death wish so uh, usually the other option (laughs) if you're not going to go on a big tour bus is to hire a tuk-tuk driver from the town and they drive you in and then they take you to the entrances and wait for you till you're done and then they take you to the next spot because these temple complexes are big and walking from one to one is from one to another is very time consuming. So, um, right, so my tuk-tuk driver had taken me to this one temple and then it was lunchtime, so he said, well, you know, go to this one. And of course, the ones that they're recommending are the ones that their friends work at. I mean, you just know that, but also, so I don't know the difference between the four restaurants here. Right, like, what right, do I right. care? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I did, I, I went to this, this place and I sat down and I was the only customer and, uh, you know, got the, um, the menu right away and these two, young teenage girls sat down and started talking to me and they wanted to practice their English so we did um, and one had hardly any um, and one one had a little bit more and then their friend came along and she had a lot she was she had a lot of English and was really good which I found to be true in a lot of Cambodia which surprised me a lot of good English but these girls all wanted to they wanted to talk, but they also wanted to sell me stuff. And they were sitting there the whole time, you know, and we would chat and we would chat for a bit and then they'd hold out the, the stuff again. I didn't want to buy it. So I'd say, no, really, I'm not going to. Um, and they'd say, okay, okay. And then we'd talk some more and then they'd hold it out again. And I, it was it was a very awkward exchange because yeah. they were lovely. You know, they were just these lovely teenage girls and one of them was giggling about a boy and one of them, you know, just yeah, like, yeah. just stuff, just girls. But... They had a quota to fill. Yeah, they had, and if they didn't sell that, they had to sell stuff. So, at the end of it, like I didn't buy the stuff because I really didn't want the stuff, but I bought a water from each of them, and supposedly they each got something because they each sold a water. You know, so I went, I went away with four bottles of water, and I was like, I don't know if that was the right choice or whatever. But I, I, you know, after having talked to them for an hour, yeah, I couldn't just leave. Yeah. Well, the the but, right choice is a very hard thing yeah, to make in the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I, so I, I don't know, I made what seemed like the right choice at the time, but that was a really difficult one. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, that, that's the fascinating thing, I guess. You've been to all of these different kind of countries and seen all these different cultures, and so you've got a lot of different things to compare. Mm. You know, like mm. we were saying off mic, you were saying, you know, when you went to Australia, like things were very expensive mm-hmm. and then you live, you've been to places where your money could get you lots and lots yeah, of things yeah. you know uh, and, mm-hmm. and, I, and it's not just been money it's been all, all sorts of different yeah, things that you can mm-hmm. compare yeah. money is sort of uppermost frankly because yeah. it's easy to notice and it's you have to think about it every day yeah um which was also exhausting to be thinking about money all the time i didn't really do that when i had a job and it was it's um it, it it's upsetting how much of this time that I really wanted to be carefree I've actually spent sort of stressing about it yeah because it's not it's it's been finite rather than replenished every month like like I run out of money all the time but then it comes back in the next paycheck yeah 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 Yeah. and I didn't ever really run out of money because I always had this reserve of course right that I was saving for this trip um and that reserve is almost gone so now it's like all right what do you <laughs> what's next this is around about the time i guess that i ask people if they have anything to plug which i mean i, I i'm sort of imagining that you will want to at least mention the blog yeah so uh yeah. 
whether that's what you want to plug ultimately yeah you, you're writing a blog about this experience mm-hmm. where can people find you so ooh, at some point I'll actually like buy my own d- domain and make that happen but I haven't yet so it's at a WordPress so it's just my name lisafinley.wordpress.com which is L-I-S-A-F as in France I-N as in no D L-E-Y excellent um, yeah, and I have, I made a, a commitment, I guess, at the new year to update it um, every Monday through Friday. Uh, so oh, wow. five days a week, you can go and see something new. Sometimes it's just a photo, sometimes it's a silly story, sometimes it's a quite detailed account of a place that I've been. And are you writing it sort of... Uh you're not writing it chronologically I am and I'm horribly behind it is astonishing (laughs) I told you all those places I went Um, I'm currently at the blog up to Cambodia wow okay so it's that must be a weird sensation of like you're in London but you're writing about Cambodia and then you'll be in North America and you'll be writing about you know wherever it was next Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so that's a bit strange but I mean also you know stuff I, I do intersperse it with some things that happen along the way as well. And sometimes I get into these tricky philosophical things, you know, of what it means to travel and, and how we do it and what that makes us. Um, so those show up sometimes as well. It's a project I'm pretty proud of. It's a blog I've been writing for three years, actually, about travel and also social justice and pop culture and stuff. But in the last year, it's really just focused on this <laughs> this um, hopefully as yet unfinished trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's the thing. You you, you want to carry it on, yeah? Yeah, I do. I really, really do. So I'm trying to figure out what that means and uh, how that might happen. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I was sort of semi-expecting that somebody who's travelled so much would be mm. ready to go home. You know, the, the, yeah. the whole Odysseus going back home after the yeah. travels. But oh, I don't have any Penelope to go back to, though. Well, so. sure, well. <laughs> that makes it easier, too. That's another reason I was able to do it. I don't have any ties like that. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but true. also, yeah, I mean, I, I really missed my family. And then um, I saw them in May. And so that sort of rejuvenated me, actually. I was like, okay, let's keep going. <laughs> Except not. Um, I, you know, I really miss my friends as well. And so that is going to be a major thing to go back to. And I, yeah. that will be really good. Um, but pretty much nothing else. Nope. Nope. I, I left a job, not a career. So there's nothing in that area either. So, um, yeah, there's not much holding me back. It'll be nice to take a rest and stay somewhere for a while. And save up and go again. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel done. No, well, that's a long shot. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, well, maybe I'll I'll catch up with you on another leg of the trip yeah, at some point good. and get an, a, 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 a kind of update on where, where you're at. Yeah. I mean, and and certainly everyone should check out the blog. I I should I should have checked out out the blog more in terms of uh, research, but mm. I also. Th- it's a it's a funny one research it's like if you the more you do of it the sort of the more you come with so many questions yeah, that you can't yeah. let the sort of conversation flow freely mm. but I have checked I have read some of it and I've enjoyed what I've read thank you so um, yeah it's been a pleasure getting better acquainted with you I'm just moving the wind sock sort of makeshift wind sock wind <laughs> what is it the a Rocky Mountains National Park it's, yeah it's Matt. Um, it's a it's a I don't know, my aunt gave it to me. Um, so she's a big hiker. You can use it for various things as a bandana or a tourniquet, God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> I mostly use it as a sweat rag because everywhere I've been has been ungodly hot. Well, yeah, that's true. You've been traveling around the more warmer parts yeah, of the world. Yeah. Are you, you going to go to the cold parts next? Oh, I don't know. I like the idea <laughs> of a winterless year, but um, tropics, are <laughs> tropics are not for me, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So I mean, if, and and I guess like I guess uh, the last sort of thing I can think of to sort of, that I want to follow up on is, so I mean, like you say, you haven't you haven't got a Penelope uh, at home to go back to. Mm-hmm. But I mean, have you been travelling on your own mostly, or have you? Yeah, mm-hmm. I really enjoy travelling alone. Yeah. Um, it's how I've done most of my travelling, just in general. I would say even before this, uh, you get to decide what you want to do when you want to do it how long you want to take, you know, all those sorts of things are just up to you. Um, and I do find it's easier to meet people um, because you don't have that default person to talk to. Yeah. So if you want to meet someone, you have to go out there and really say hello to that person at the, you know, hostel table or whatever, or, you know, 
I like doing things on my own in general anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I have been traveling on my own. I've met up with friends in very few places, but most people don't have the money or time resources to to join. But you know, I've got a friend here now. Uh, <laughs> she's she's over here, and a friend came out to visit me in Thailand. Um, but, yeah, that's about it. Wow. I mean, that's I think that's... I can, I can understand that. I like... I like travelling on my own, I think. I mean, I don't, like I say, I haven't travelled much around the world, but I travel quite a lot around the UK. Mm. And I like, yeah, being with myself and my mind and watching the mm-hmm. world go by. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a writer thing. Yeah, maybe. I think that's part of it. You yeah. get to like, make lots of observations. There, I mean, of course, there are nice things about travelling with someone. You know, you get to share those observations right away and get their opinion, and, you know, you get to probably harder to be lonely you know certainly there have been lonely times but um yeah. yeah and I guess I mean I don't even know if it's a worthwhile thing to say but I mean I mean I guess a thing that people might think I don't know if I if I do but like um that it's quite a brave a braver thing for a woman to travel around the world mm-hmm. on their own than a, than a man I mean it shouldn't be uh there are a lot of things about there the are, world that shouldn't be exactly but, that are. but I think it is yeah. um yes I think I think it is too <laughs> honestly um, I have met a lot of women traveling on their own actually yeah. it's been pretty great there are some places that I'm a little more nervous about just because statistically the chances of something happening yeah. are higher in those places you know it's 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 more difficult so I don't know um, sort of consider that when it comes to going to those places but I will say everywhere I've been so far I felt I felt safe and secure and I, I also as I would very much encourage women to go travel by themselves I think it's a hugely important thing just in your own uh, development as a person and especially as someone who might not otherwise ever have that time to to yourself you know and I think it's important to have even a little bit of that time to know that you can absolutely do something on your own I met a woman who young 21 22 and she was doing this and she was sort of petrified but she was nearing the end of her trip and she was elated because she had started out very scared and she was really proud of herself for doing the whole thing on her own and I just thought that was really great um you know do do the same thing you would do anywhere else yeah I live in (laughs) I've lived in Chicago for the last five years which you know not where I live usually although it does get closer and closer to home has a really high homicide rate and lots right. of stuff goes wrong you yeah, know so yeah, I mean yeah. it's not London it's not like it's that like much yeah races. exactly it's not like it that that much yeah. better than a lot of places that you go to it's just that we know that we're more familiar with those dangers so I always say to people well just behave intelligently the same way you would anywhere else especially when you're in any big city don't go out and get wasted and try and come home on your own at 3 a.m don't you know um when you're walking around walk confidently walk like you know where you're going if you got to stop and look at your map do it in a doorway instead of on a corner where everyone can see um and um absolutely trust your gut trust your instinct when you're meeting someone we're all trained all women are trained to be very nice and accommodating and um to not upset anyone but if someone is getting up in your space especially if it's a dude that's okay for you to get away in fact you really should um yeah those are all tips obviously I um you know when things happen because they do it's still not your fault that's some patriarchal bullshit but um but if you if you know if you need some practical things to make you feel better about doing it that's what I would recommend ace well I mean (laughs) and is there is there anything other than the blog that you'd like to to plug I guess um, not at the moment. That's that's my main project. That's my main thing going on right now. So yeah, check out the blog. Um, let me know. I love comments. I do. I love hearing from people and knowing that they've enjoyed it, and or if they haven't, or what they want to say, or anything like that. And if you have recommendations, let me know. Brilliant. Well, uh, the last thing I ask my my guests to do is to say goodbye to the audience. Goodbye, audience. Thanks for listening. Bye. This episode comes out a week after Lisa has started another journey around the world. She's heading off to South America. I reached out to her on Facebook to see if she had anything additionally to add because we recorded this quite some time ago. She said, I finally updated the website to just lisafindley.com so there's no WordPress link necessary. She also said to mention that she's on the road again so there's still lots to read. 
and she's really happy to answer any travel questions that anybody has so reach out to her she's very open to it as i said at the beginning of the episode this week is resonance fm fundraising week getting better acquainted is really pleased to be going out on resonance fm and i really hope that some of you can support what they're doing with that radio station by donating some money to them or supporting them in some other way. Just spreading the word about the fundraising is a pretty damn helpful thing to do. Talking about support, it'd be great if you enjoy what I do and if you live in London, if you came along to support me at Tragic Love at the Dogstar in Brixton on Thursday, which is, if you have downloaded this on the day of release, tomorrow. And if you've missed it, unlucky you've missed it but there's a really great lineup really awesome and it's a great theme as well so i think it's going to be a night full of lots of laughs and lots of moving emotional moments as well you can find getting better acquainted on twitter at gba podcast you can find it on facebook or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk There are lots of ways to get better acquainted.